Hey guys, how are we doing? It's Juad with Hit the Apex Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another week of exciting racing chat. Well, you know, I say exciting, kind of tongue-in-cheek, a little bit. <laughs> the British Grand Prix over the weekend, probably, probably not the most classic of races but it did get a little spicy at the end there which we'll touch on i'm sure so we'll wrap up that one for you preview the race this weekend um the 70th anniversary grand prix you know and for anyone who's forgotten (laughs) you you never know um f1 turned 70 this year 70 years since the uh, first of a grand prix which took place at this very track at Silverstone um, all those years ago back in 1950 so yeah what a way for them to celebrate it I mean I guess they would have liked to have done something earlier in the year you know back in April when the 70th anniversary actually would have taken place but given the circumstances with the pandemic and everything I guess this was the next best thing they could do so you know to have an actual grand prix named after the anniversary as well um i think it will be quite special so hopefully we have a good race this weekend that's all i got to say about that so talk about that and kind of the wash up of um kind of bleeds into you know one bleeds into the other um with the pirelli tire controversy as well and the fallout of that so bit of that to come a bit later and then of course we'll talk some supercars too I was expecting to race this weekend in Darwin that's not happening it's been postponed for a week so but you know there's still plenty to discuss and kind of ties in as well with you know um what exactly or you know how movements are being affected at the moment over here in Australia given that the second wave is kind of not really slowing down and has you know, other states is now starting to feel the impact, and you know, um, here in Melbourne, we've moved over to stage four restrictions, so probably not as um, harsh as probably in other countries, maybe the UK and in and New Zealand, from from what I'm aware of, from what feedback I've been given, from from you know, even you guys, but yeah, you know not allowed to go to work um or like certain industries have had to completely close down and people who are still working which you know one of them i'm one of the lucky ones who are are still able to travel to work as of tomorrow um need a government permit to be able to do that so i'm lucky i got that organized today um so i'll still be able to go to and from work which you know if i was stuck at home i mean i was stuck at home for two weeks back in april i think i'm gonna say late april early may it's not like i ran out of stuff to do but yeah you know just being stuck in your four walls would be a bit crazy and you know saying that i'm not trying to be selfish i know we're in the midst of um something very terrible here and we've all got to work together to try and um stop what is happening but at the same time you know my job does help a lot of others you know in terms of welfare and things like that so you know if i'm unable to do what i do you know other people could be impacted in a in a non you know in a very very bad way especially the, those who are underprivileged and all that you know with the, the the money that we raise um going to those programs and helping people in the in need so yeah you know that's that's that just a brief little <laughs> summary of you know the shift um over to stage four lockdown this week and then yeah of course other states as well i'll talk about when we talk about supercars a bit later on anyway Get straight into it then, because it was the 7th 
British Grand Prix win for Lewis Hamilton from pole position too. So he's actually taken the record now, I think, of um, most lights to flag victories. Um, previous record was Ayrton Senna with 19 in his career and Lewis Hamilton just takes another record, you know. He's just rewriting the book. You know, you kind of feel that, what do you call it, uh... The 91 wins, even though we've got a short season this year, the 91 wins is very much possible given he's won now three in a row and it doesn't look like there's much challenge coming from elsewhere. And then, of course, the seventh world title seems pretty likely as well. So I guess, yeah, you know, you got to just praise the man. He's doing a really good job, um, form of his life, you know, all that other stuff as well, um, the activism and things that he's involved with outside of racing kind of fuels that as well you know um makes makes him a stronger person stronger character so yeah good on him dramatic finish though to the race because uh hamilton came in on um came across the line on three wheels so you know with three laps to go we started having all these tire delaminations um both the mercedes were affected valtteri bottas came off worse ended up finishing down in p11 unfortunately you know it was a crucial race for him to stay in touch with hamilton as far as the championship was concerned but to get you know no points this weekend he's behind by 30 points now so and if you recall what i said last week and i'm sure everyone's probably um saying this ad nauseum that, you know, if Valtteri Bottas doesn't win, you know, the next couple of races, especially the two Silverstone races, he might be just, you could scratch his name off the contenders list and it would only leave Hamilton there for the championship this year. So disappointing finish there for Bottas, but um, Lewis as well affected by it, but had enough of a gap to... um, to be able to still get across the line because Max Verstappen, who inherited P2, he was running a lonely third throughout most of the race, um, ended up having to pit in response to Bottas's blowout. I guess it was a precaution. They did it for safety and to secure that P2 result. There's been a lot of debate, of course, about, you know, were Red Bull right to pit? Did they throw away the win? Apparently, Helmut Marko was uh, looking at them funny as well. Um, I get that too. <laughs> um, if you didn't go, you know, that, that was meant to be a joke if uh, you didn't get that um, in relation to, to Helmut. But um, anyway, he, he's a scary, he looks very scary. <laughs> I wouldn't want to mess mess with that guy. I wouldn't want to mess with Dr. Helmet. But um, it was funny last week when I talked about the uh, the Max Verstappen clone. Um, I feel like that's totally something Helmet Marco would be would be down for. He would totally do that. It's uh, what is it like? I think Captain America with the the Winter Soldiers. You know they they have that facility and they you know anyway. Um, let's not get into that right now but um yeah you know there was a bit of a debate um amongst people about whether red bull were right to pit verstappen or not i think in that situation they may not have fully understood or seen that there was a chance that a win was on the table obviously you got to look at it from max's side too he was not happy with the tires he was on so you know they pretty much did what they needed to to secure the best result possible and the worst case scenario which could have been likely if he didn't pit was that he suffers the same fate as Bottas and as a result scores no points either and you know Verstappen now up to third in the championship 
still away behind uh, Lewis Hamilton. So, yeah, they're going to have to hoover up as many points as they can, maybe start getting some wins if it's possible to be able to get into contention. But otherwise, it does look like very much a one-horse race at this moment. So, yeah, flawless drive from Lewis, Max best he could to to get uh second you know it kind of just fell into his lap and you know they didn't want to run the risk of uh losing that too if they didn't pit him and then yeah Charles Leclerc a bit of a surprise to see him finish third given that he was pretty much running a lonely race in fourth you know that was probably the best that Ferrari were capable of that day um you know, and perhaps they surprised themselves too that they ended up on the podium. So, again, another terrible weekend for Ferrari. Not going to mince words about it. Not going to, you know, try and sugarcoat it. Sebastian Vettel, of course, down in 10th again. You know, it just seems to not really be working out for Seb this year. And I feel, and, you know, I've heard others talk about this as well. I feel that perhaps given that we already know he's not going to be with the team next year and the team have kind of consign themselves to the fact that they're not going to be championship contenders and able to even win a race you know when you look back at what John Elkin the CEO said last week um perhaps they're not really helping Seb's side of the garage you know it's just like yeah you know whatever and basically it's just it's going to end on a damp squib for those guys so P10 it's it's kind of difficult to see him floundering around there you know you're so used to seeing him at the front leading races and fighting you know, spinning even at the front, you know, would be better than just being anonymous down in P10, so, and yeah, actually, if it wasn't for Bottas dropping out of the points um, at the end of the race, Seb was on for P11, so wouldn't have even finished in the points, so looking very bad at the moment, um, I understand that maybe there will be announced, there will be an announcement soon as to him going to Racing Point or Aston Martin for next year um, they've kind of not really hidden it really like there was that photo circulating of Lawrence Stroll giving uh, giving Seb a, a high five or something or a fist bump something something along those lines you know what I'm talking about <laughs> I don't think they can give high fives at the moment given the the COVID safety protocols and speaking of COVID we had our first um significant positive test I guess um, you know significant being that uh, a driver tested positive and that was Sergio Perez so found out on Thursday night or I think it was Friday morning um, my time here that um, Sergio had tested positive and it was good the way that they had done it is um, because he was in his hotel already and from what I understand the drivers all get tested at their hotels or wherever they're staying before they come to the track and they have to get their results before being allowed to go to the track too so because it came up with an inconclusive result meant he had to stay at home on Thursday during media day and then eventually by the end of the day the news came out that he had tested positive so he was already in isolation had very minimal contact with anyone else who was going to be in the paddock so the protocols that F1 has put in place you've got to give a big tick to them for that because you know they did admit a while ago that it's only a matter of time before someone within the paddock tests positive but that's why they've got all these protocols to ensure that there is no spread either or something or a very minimal spread to to um, limitate the damage in that sense so bad news for Checo and I guess that ties into perhaps Racing Point not announcing um, Sebastian Vettel they were supposed to apparently over the weekend or in this time but 
because of Checo being on the sidelines and he'll miss this race as well at Silverstone this weekend, the 70th Grand Prix, or 70th anniversary Grand Prix, sorry. Yeah, they might have to they might have to hold off on that announcement for a little bit too, just out of respect to Checo. But we got to see a super sub come in and why not go for a driver that, you know, has been with a team before, scored some good results, and of course a lot of people were sad when he left the sport at the end of the year or was left without a drive, we should say. It wasn't his fault that he um, didn't uh, land a drive for this year. That's Nico Hulkenberg, so good on him for returning. Wasn't the greatest weekend, though, for the Hulk, though, sadly. Didn't even get to start the race in the end. You know, flying in from Germany and then, you know, doing the seat fit simulator work and then getting ready for, for practice on Friday all within, like, you know, I think what 48 hours or something like that 72 hours so ridiculous turnaround and he was able to um be ready for the first practice session but yeah reliability mechanical problem something along those lines meant that he didn't even get to start the race so that was a bit sad um and it's a good car too the racing point everyone kind of got excited that Hulk might end up on the podium or something, you know, could he bag a surprise result, it's taken him how many years he's driven in F1, he's got that record now on his name that most races without an F1 podium, so yeah, you know, we'll see this weekend how he goes, he'll have that second opportunity which will be good to see and, you know, perhaps for him to put himself in the shop window for for a seat next year, but um, won't be at Aston Martin, that's for sure, unfortunately, and for their other driver, you know, Lance Stroll, P9, a bit disappointing given that they qualified really well again and then just fell away in the race. And, you know, for a car that is, you know, on paper capable of podiums, it just doesn't seem to be executing at the moment. And, you know, I seem to be repeating this every week that, yeah, you know, on that basis, I think that they might not make P4 this year in the championship, you know, unless... They start pulling together the results and, you know, consistently double points finishes for both cars. It's not going to happen. You know, I think McLaren just seemed to be doing a good job in the races as well, you know, and Lando Norris is up this qualifying game too. So they're really, you know, they're the all-rounders at the moment for me in the midfield. Um, And they would have had a good result again, you know, double points again, like, you know, with P4 and P6 where Lando Norris finished if, you know, Carlos Sainz didn't have the same problem with the tyres that, um, that that Bottas and Hamilton did. So, unfortunately, Sainz ended up outside the points too. So, yeah, that was a disappointed. He was pretty much there, you know, um, all race. So was Norris. Norris, good result on home soil for him to get sixth. And really cute too. I think he melted a lot of hearts last week when he picked the winner of... Um, uh, helmet design contest you know for his home race and um, out of all the applicants he could have chosen you know like professional graphic designers designers you know some pretentious people I don't know whatever um, he went with a six-year-old girl um, a six-year-old girl named Eva designed this really cute just simple <laughs> drawing of Lando Norris what she thought would be Lando Norris's helmet and ended up um he chose that I mean it didn't quite fit onto the helmet <laughs> with the the S on uh, Norris being like you know a couple of spaces below where it's meant to be but you know it was a nice gesture and you know that kind of makes you really admire Lando he you know he's not you know the 
most what do you call it i was i was gonna say he's not the most maturest guy i'm sure he's mature in in some ways but he's not you know the most experienced chap out there but he seems to be winning over a lot of fans which is good to see you know fans who want to keep things uh keep things proper because <coughs> i understand there's been some some dodgy stuff happening as well i have nothing to do with that i'm not involved i'm glad to keep my head out of that sort of stuff these days but um yeah you know good to see norris doing something like that and again rewarded in the race with p6 so and where did the, the results go then if Science wasn't able to pick up the points? Well, that's where Renault came in and had, you know, I guess you could say their best best race this year. Well, yeah, it's their best race this year, but, you know, perhaps even one of their best races since um, they returned to the sport. And that's something that Cyril Abitable described about Daniel Ricciardo finishing in P4. So, you know, apparently there's some bet that they have um, for Ricciardo finishing on the podium and uh, Dan was happy because he won the bet because he didn't finish on the podium so yeah p4 for them esteban ocon in seventh as well so finishing behind lando uh good solid chunk of points for them in the midfield and you know if renault get their act together which you know will take some time still i'm sure they'll be knocking on the door a racing point if they can't um put together a result on a weekend so hopefully when you know Checo returns and even this weekend you've got Hulkenberg again with an opportunity to finish have a good race score some points it'll go towards the team total um you're gonna have to get as many points as you can because who knows um how many more races we're gonna have this season apart from the ones that have already been scheduled it's not going to be 21 or 22 that's for sure so yeah just getting all those points will be very very critical so and speaking of points and racing point you know they're now have well they've been now overtaken in the constructors championship by ferrari so ferrari 43 points to racing points 42 um and given that it's off the back really of Charles Leclerc with his two podiums you know he's on 33 points so fair chunk of those um, points have come from uh, Leclerc while Vettel unfortunately still uh, down on 10 points not even in the top 10 at the moment in the championship so not looking too good for Seb as I said before um, so yeah what else happened in the race well you know in the middle part there was not much going on apart from Roman Grosjean being a bit naughty and uh, you know Kudos on him and Haas for trying a, another bold strategy, leaving him out there on mediums when, after we had the two safety cars, which I'll address in a moment. But um, yeah, Grosjean on medium tyres, waited till about lap 38 to, to pit, but ended up copying the black and white flag for a couple of dodgy moves. You know, he was uh, kind of swerving around ahead of Carlos Sainz. Sainz wasn't happy. Um, then same thing he did to Ricardo as well. Ricardo wasn't happy, so expect a bit of chat about that in the driver's briefing ahead of this weekend so Grosjean lucky to only get a slap on the wrist but um, ended up finishing outside the points regardless um, of that bold strategy call from Haas and yeah safety cars we had two of them quite early on which was um, <laughs> you know there always seems to be safety cars in at Silverstone even though it's not really you know a circuit that you would attribute to, to many safety cars coming out but yeah no, we, we had safety cars um, first one came out because we had uh, Alex Albon and Kevin Magnussen come together at the final corner, the end of the first lap. Um, Albon trying to go bold and uh, make a pass down the inside. Didn't really come to fruition. Bang wheels, put Magnussen off into the gravel. That's his race done. Um, 
But Albon, though, starting really low down on the grid, which was um, a bit of a disappointment, um, given that, you know, all the pressure he's under, or if you want to call it pressure, I think it's just media hype. I think, you know, just which driver at Red Bull is going to be sacked again this year narrative. It it just seems to always happen. And um, so hang on. Let me get it for you. Down in 12th. So again, outside the top 10. We know that the Red Bull car isn't the greatest. It's been good that they've brought Simon Rennie on board as well to help Alex as his race engineer. So onwards and upwards from here. You know, that's all I can say. But good on Albon, though, for coming back to finish uh, where he did. You know, finishing P8, even though he had the poor qualifying. He had a five-second time penalty, too, for the contact with Magnussen. So he still ended up coming back to score some points. So that was that was a positive from him. Um, P-oints, P-oints, P-oints. <laughs> P- I was going to say P9, but um, Stroll finished P9, didn't he? That he did, boy. P7. Sorry, no. Ocon 6th. Oh, God, I got my results mucked up here. Because <laughs> I forgot about... Um, I forgot about science dropping out of the top top 10. Silly me. So, Norris finished 5th. Ocon in 6th. And then we had Pierre Gasly in 7th. So, you're going to be thinking when you get to this point... When you're listening to me, I've been saying Norris finished sixth for the whole time and then Ocon in seventh, only to now realize that that's not correct. But lucky I can address that here. I'm going to leave it in, you know, because we all make mistakes, we're human. But um, yeah, Gasly in P7, I was going to have a little bit of a, um, what do you call it, talk, talk good about Pierre Gasly because... He's been consistent. Oh, AlphaTauri, just as a team, have been consistent throughout the first couple of races this year. They've scored points. Gasly in seventh again. He's going well, and all the people who are out there saying that he's doing well, Albon's not doing well, maybe you should switch them again, just know, because I think what is working for Gasly at the moment is not having that pressure from Red Bull. Totally two two totally different cars. We know that Gasly gets along better with the Alpha Tauri or with the Toro Rosso that he had last year and now the Alpha Tauri and the Red Bull seems to be a more volatile car this year. So I don't think Gasly would do any better in it than than Albon is at the moment. So, you know, leave him there, leave him where he's be, leave him where he is, let him be. But I think in that case, more assistance needs to be given to Albon to make sure that he is performing as well as he can be. You know, otherwise, just Max Verstappen clone. That's that's the only solution I can see. So just quickly, outside the points, um, notable finishes, I guess. Uh, Antonio Giovinazzi in 12th. Um, George Russell, 13th. Second safety car, I forgot to say, was triggered by Danny Kvyat having a Massive high-speed crash at Maggot's corner. Um, just went in and I think his tyre gave way. The rear tyre just caved or something. Or he, he lost the rear end and just went straight into the wall. Um, he wasn't happy, clearly, because uh, he, he shoved the camera out of his way when he got out of the car. It was good that he got out of the car and he was fine. Um, and that pretty much triggered that second safety car, all the uh, pit stops that we saw them switch over to the hard tyre. So, yeah, not a great race for Kvyat, but, um, yeah, the, the incident with the cameraman, I think that was a bit that was a bit sad. Um, we don't want to see that sort of thing. So, yeah. 
And yeah, both Giovinazzi and Russell finished ahead of their teammates as well, um, outside of the points, regardless. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, and that's the uh, the Pirelli tyres and what happened um, there at the end of the race. So basically, just to give a bit of context, uh, you all know what happened, I'm sure. So yeah, I'm not going to go too far into into that, trying to re-explain what, what, what exactly happened, Ooh, you know, with my whiteboard and um, all the spreadsheets in the world. No, giving it some context, coming into this year, everyone tested new spec Pirelli tyres um, for 2020, whole new compounds, Teams pretty much said that they're rubbish, so Pirelli are like, okay, we'll just use the 2019 spec tyres for 2020. Teams roll into 2020 with all new cars. Some of them with, you know, different different setups, all that sort of stuff, you know how it is. And then we're using old tyres. So, those tyres from last year were designed to be pushed using last year's cars. Now, even though there hasn't been too much evolution between... Um, last year and this year as far as cars go, you know, car design goes, they still get quicker every year and they put so much more load through the tyre and that's basically what happened is that they pushed too hard on those set of hard tyres at the end of the race, you know, going like 40, 40 something laps on hard tyres and normally, normally if it was, you know, tyres were able to sustain those loads, it would be fine. But given that we're using last year's tyres with much faster cars on one of the fastest circuits in on the calendar, like fast as far as how many high-speed corners they have and given how many corners you can actually take flat out there in a modern F1 car um, at Silverstone, it's pretty frightening. So on that basis, you know, that's where Pirelli, they did their investigation up after the race and basically concluded that, yeah, it was the increased loads... Um, on those tyres from last year that caused the issues at the end of the race. So, that being said, I don't think there should be much to talk about as far as is it going to cause much chaos this weekend. Probably say there'll be no risk, you know, they're going to increase PSI on the front tyres as well, um, make it mandatory, and we were supposed to get uh, touch softer tyres this weekend too, so using the C2, 3 and 4 compounds, whereas last weekend we used C1, um, so 1 being the hardest in the range, and then C, I think it's 5 or 6, that is the hardest, sorry, softest, so 1 is the hardest, and whatever, 5 or 6 is the softest, so we're running the touch softer tyres this weekend, I think what it'll force is maybe teams to take two stops, two or three pit stops, potentially, which can only be more exciting, you know, I mean, multiple pit stops always create more variable in strategy, um, there's a lot more games being played by the teams too, so hopefully that can invite someone else into the win. We're not going to get a repeat of Silverstone 2013, guys, you know, I've been thinking about that all week, and when when <laughs> when it all unfolded on Sunday too, I was like, oh, you know, it feels like um, Silverstone 2014 again, 2013, sorry, um, but no, I don't think uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. That was, you know, pretty drastic. What happened? Um, then, you know, you should just Google it, YouTube it. I'm not here to to go back and reminisce in those days of 2013. Um, yeah, just just YouTube it, Google it. I'm sure it's there. 
<laughs> unless it's been copyright claimed or you know probably f1 youtube channels uploaded it i would assume so yeah you could do it that way um so we shouldn't have a repeat of that which is good psi's going up and expect a multi-stop race which will be good as far as the weather's confirmed and if you hadn't guessed already i'm talking about the 70th anniversary grand prix now it was a seamless transition wasn't it um no no clunkiness about it um weather looks pretty good you gotta say it's gonna be hot friday saturday so might be a bit difficult um especially on the friday i think we got high 30s or something like that god you know when when has england ever put on that sort of weather i mean it, it'd be glorious because you know i've got the um <laughs> got the test match on in the background um england pakistan that just started literally as i started recording the first test so they got they've got good weather there so i'm hoping we get a good game out of that um just going to be having it on in the background anyway you know but uh, i like a bit of like a bit of old school test cricket especially if you know australia or pakistan are playing so why not um so yeah weather looks good for friday saturday sunday's going to be a lot cooler so perhaps that'll be a bit easier on the tires but again you know on safety grounds you would hope that uh, everyone does a multi-stop race opens up uh, the race as well possibly allows Red Bull into contention if Max Verstappen is there or thereabouts but um, yeah you're going to need someone else to win if if you want to stop Lewis Hamilton from winning this championship otherwise pretty much game over we learnt a bit more as well about the Ferrari reshuffle and how that impacts Mattia Bonotto the team principal so he apparently was still in an active role with the technical side of the department or technical side of the team because obviously that's where he came from he was the technical director previously i think the power unit chief or whatever so he's going to step back from that to allow to be allowed to focus more on managing the team as a whole so that can only help as well and you know given that now they've kind of made the commitment that they're going to put their eggs into the 2022 basket any talk or you know any suggestions that Ferrari are going to sack Bonotto or get rid of him now is kind of just pointless because you're like okay we're going to focus now on 2022 making sure we've got the best package for for then make sure we've got the best power unit for then you know for our customers as well you know you want to keep the team together you don't want to break it up and even the reshuffle uh, what happened leading into the British Grand Prix they didn't actually fire anyone or you know let go of anyone they just moved them around you know to try and find a different department to see where they could all settle down so yeah you know it would be kind of pointless if they were to fire the boss at this stage I mean I still don't agree with why they got rid of Maurizio Rivenni a river benny i'm sure there's others out there who agree with that sentiment too but we've moved on now we've got bonotto we're in year two of bonotto so got to stick by him and if if things don't go to plan or if things don't go well by 2022 um if they don't find the silver bullet by then well then you can get rid of him then you know give him the chance now that we're heading into a new era because next year is pretty much you could what do you call it um, you could pretty much just forget about next year, given that, you know, there's very limited power unit tokens that they can use for development, and if that's the the core of their problems at the moment, um, the, the, what happened as a result of that investigation at the end of the year, then into last year, I should say, um, into the fuel flow trickery, then 
yeah, you know, they're not going to be able to fix that just with a couple of engine tokens. It's going to require a complete redesign and just, yeah, they've got to redo the whole thing. So I know it's probably hard for Ferrari fans to swallow that. You know, they want to see their team winning. But coming from a McLaren fan who's, you know, not seen proper success since, you know, 2012 going back to now, which, you know, phew, by the time Ferrari are ready for, you know, their next championship challenge, it would have been a decade since McLaren last were in a championship challenge back in 2012 and were winning races. So, yeah, you know, just, I guess, they've just got to learn some patience and, you know, forget about that Ferrari prestige of, you know, we've got to win all the time because they're just making a hash of it at the moment. So, Put it into the 2022 basket. If things don't go, if those things don't go well, then then that's when you can start letting the heads roll. No point doing it now. So we'll leave it at that. Mercedes, they're going to win this weekend, aren't they? Let's not sugarcoat it. But at the same time, we've got to, you know, praise them for the good job that they're doing because they really are the the pinnacle at the moment of the sport. So yeah, that's that. And my only other note was basically, yeah, Nico Hulkenberg. Hope to maximise the package in place of Checo this weekend. Um, again, Racing Point, you know, failing to capitalise in the last race on their car for the race results. Hopefully McLaren this time, you know, can make up for the points lost last week on Carlos Sainz's side of the garage. So gutting. It was so gutting that he had that tyre failure. Otherwise, yeah, strong haul of point would have been coming their way. But, um, yeah, that, that's F1 for you. That's motorsport. <laughs> and just quickly, well, before we wrap up the F1 uh, content, um, we had the confirmation that Imola will be our first two-day weekend. Um, it kind of was a bit of a giveaway. I had to kind of look at the um, the press release when we had the announcement that Imola would be joining the calendar. I had to look at it a few times because I'm like, hang on the dates don't look right, that's that's only two days, is that a typo, or something like that, but now it all makes sense, you know, because um, they're going to trial a two-day format for Imola, you know, condense it all into Saturday and Sunday, so that means we're going to have a 90-minute single practice session in the morning, then the usual one-hour qualifying, followed by the race on Sunday, so that'll be exciting to see when we do get to Imola later in the year, um, and see if that actually works for them, because yeah, it's going to be, obviously it's a track that most of the drivers have not driven at, except for Kimi Raikkonen in this instance, um, well, not driven at in an F1 car, so completely foreign, so you've only got that one 90-minute practice session to learn everything um to get your setups right and everything as well make sure you don't damage the car then head straight straight into qualifying and then race for the sunday so i'm sure a lot of people out there will be excited um for that so we look forward to it all right so heading into not the final part of the podcast i think i still got a little bit more to say afterwards um (laughs) yeah supercars wow it's just it's pretty hard at the moment to keep up with all the news especially living here and and being amongst it you know like especially with you know personal circumstances as well how does the new restrictions affect 
your own movements, your own livelihood and all that sort of stuff and then let alone, you know, worrying about supercars, which in itself is its own industry. You know, there's so many people depending on supercars as well. You know, it's a business, it's people's livelihoods and lives depend on it too. You know, obviously we have our thoughts with all the Victorian teams who have had to basically live on the road for the last, I think it's been a month already that they've been on the road and that's only going to get longer now given that, you know, Victoria's moved or Melbourne has moved into stage four restrictions and the whole state pretty much is shut down um, and most industries are having to close up um, in in Greater Melbourne. So, yeah, you know, Darwin Triple Crown, which was supposed to be this weekend, was announced earlier today in fact you know i'm glad i'm doing this recording today and not yesterday um because of the the fluid situation with with the supercars so that's been postponed till next week now the teams who've safely now made it into to northern to the northern territory and hopefully they're in darwin um will be required to quarantine until next week now even though it's only a week um uh, that was all as a result of last week Northern Territory declaring Greater Brisbane and South East Queensland a COVID hotspot because of the little outbreak that they've had over there, which came from Sydney, I'm pretty sure too, because Queensland had already um, declared uh, Greater Sydney as a COVID hotspot and it just seems to be spreading all over the place at the moment so the crisis is kind of worsening um, and now apparently Queensland and New South Wales have completely closed their borders as well I'm not 100% sure about that I think I might have seen it but um, yeah just make sure you check that that sort of stuff um, like I can check for you now actually um, just to double check <laughs> Yeah, so Queensland to close borders with New South Wales and ACT, so the Australian Capital Territory. Um, no surprise there. You know, they've got to get on top of this sooner or later, you know, and I reckon those states probably have a better chance than we do here in Victoria to, to get on top of it quicker. So the story, though, with, with um, supercars and everything, so that was made... Um, that announcement was made last week and obviously that all the teams and you know the teams who are normally based in Queensland as well they're based in southeast Queensland and around Brisbane um, you had the teams from Victoria and New South Wales which was only Team Sydney and, and Brad Jones Racing they were um, they were in a hub in that area too so basically they had to get special entry or special permission to enter the northern territory which you know they were on the road yesterday they made it to 10 kilometers from the border and basically had to wait there because they hadn't been given permission yet that came through like early this morning or something so then they were on their way and yeah you would have doubted that getting there you know tonight or even tomorrow that they'd be ready to to race on the weekend you know given the quarantine procedures and everything as well so and yeah they've all got to get COVID tested too so no surprise that they are able to uh postpone it till next week and as it stands at the moment you know it kind of not the whole I mean yeah I wouldn't say that the season's under jeopardy now because I still think you can um get away with uh finishing it but not in the current um, not the current calendar that they have, of course. So, Sandown, 
you can just pretty much scratch that off the list as sad as it is you know won't get to go to Sandown this year we won't have a race at Sandown this year which was scheduled for September um the state the stage four restrictions that we do have at the moment in Melbourne they I think their six week period does end just you know on the weekend before the Sandown um event is scheduled so yeah to forget about Sandown happening um but the good part of what the guidelines or sorry the regulations for supercars says is that to have a valid Australian touring car championship they must travel across four states and territories for a minimum of six rounds so let's have a look at what we've had so far this season so we had the Adelaide 500 in March that was in South Australia the Melbourne 400 the Grand Prix weekend that got cancelled that still counts as a classified round because we had qualifying and we got results from qualifying so even though no points were scored that weekend it still is a round that counts towards the championship so that's two two events or sorry two rounds and two states we visited then we've had two races or two weekends back to back in Sydney at the Sydney Motorsport Park so that's New South Wales ticked so now we've got four rounds and three states then we're going to have a double header in Darwin so that's four states and six rounds but then Townsville I reckon should be able to happen too even if it's um, now likely going to be in September when uh, Bath not Bathurst sorry when Sandown isn't scheduled and pending if Queensland can open up their borders with New South Wales by October I reckon it would be fitting for the championship to just be called at the Bathurst 1000 so finish it off at the Bathurst 1000 that can be the grand finale um, and yeah, because it just seems unlikely that things are going to change quick enough to allow travel later on in the year. You know, you look at WA where we're supposed to be headed later in the year for the um, Perth Super Sprint. They don't seem keen to open their borders to anyone at the moment. And, you know, it's a big shout out to one of my good friends who, you know, I talked about a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, having moved back to Perth. Um, lucky that she and her partner were able to get across that border when they did because that was just before all the craziness went down here in Melbourne and Victoria and then yeah the whole country basically closing its borders again to each other so yeah I doubt that's going to happen and also to get to Tasmania as well which is scheduled for later in the year too you got to come through Victoria to to get on the boat to to go down to Tassie to the Apple Isle so that's not going to happen either so yeah you might as well definitively or not definitively but just tentatively say look you know Bathurst is going to be the the final race of the year it obviously puts a lot more of an emphasis and a strain on the drivers and the teams to get the results that they need for the championship now you know now with the two weekends in Darwin then you got your Townsville um, weekend coming up too Um, and for someone like Scott McLaughlin I guess it just it's given that he's in the lead at the moment, you know, he's in the best position possible in case the the championship were to be called even after the um, two weekends in Darwin. So, 
yeah, it's just a difficult situation and I'm sure they're doing their best to ensure that we are going to have some racing, you know, hats off to everyone involved with trying to, to get this done and everything. It's very difficult times at the moment for all of us here in Australia, not just in Melbourne, but, you know, everyone here in Australia feel feel for everyone and, you know, just, yeah, it's, it's hard and, you know, especially with industries like supercars, which are so vital for the economy to... Um, we're going to have to find a way to, to get racing, you know, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good to see them on track, not this weekend, but next weekend, um, pending all the quarantine and stuff goes well, but, um, yeah, it's going to be, I'm sure by the time I come back to podcast next week, there's going to be more news to talk about, which hasn't anything to do with the, the actual racing on track, but just, you know, um, how, how the rest of the year is going to look, so, we'll see, and yeah, the second, Darwin race which is just going to be a Darwin super sprint they said looking at possibly an August 29 to 30 um a date on the weekend end of August um apparently the weekend before there's a uh, election in the Northern Territory so I guess they don't want to interfere with that um state election and they are investigating possibility of having some twilight races there as well so that'll be good and we were gonna talk about um the tire rules for this weekend too so they did say that yeah um even though we're going to have the same compounds two sets of softs and three sets of hards for the triple crown one set of hard tires would be compulsory to be used in the uh saturday qualifying session so two legs of that plus a top 15 shootout and that just aimed at keeping things even for that saturday race um because you know there was people who didn't take advantage of their good tyres on the Saturday race and as a result kind of let everyone down for the weekend. So, yeah, that, that's it. That That's supercars. It's it's hopefully going to be all right. I, I think it's going to be all right. We, we're going to do our best. Hang in there, guys. Yep. Yep. That's what happens when I do these uh, nighttime podcasts. Is that uh, I do I am a bit loopy at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, always a bit loopy. Don't worry, I'm laying off the wacky tobacco, not having any of that. But um, yeah, just a lot going on. Let's just let's just uh, leave it at that. So going to be a big weekend anyway, regardless. Um, with no with no supercars on F1, of course, MotoGP will be on Formula E, which I'm sure is going to make a lot of people happy. You know, region podcast as well. Can't wait to listen to what they've got to say. Of of course as well. You know, it's been a while since uh, they've done a podcast, so I'm sure they're going to be all over it too. Um, starting tonight, actually. Um, uh, tonight, tomorrow, two races, and then on the weekend there'll be a couple of races too, and then yeah, next week there'll be a couple of races as well there at the uh, Berlin Tempelhof Airport Circuit. So that'll be great, and yeah, I've got the Test Cricket on in the background too, so once I'm done recording this, I'm going to watch a bit of that, hopefully put me to bed, and um, do everything again tomorrow, do it all again tomorrow, except for maybe the podcast. (laughs) Anyway guys, I hope you're taking it easy, stay safe, take care, Um, as you know, you can get in touch anytime, hit the Apex Media on Twitter, and we'll leave it at that. Have a good weekend, and um, I will be back next week. Ciao.